from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences. Learn more at mchs.edu. Welcome, folks, to the Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Every week, diving deep into the truth of Catholic social teaching and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We are coming to you live from these United States of America here in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, where I am the director of the forthcoming uh, Center for Human Flourishing and the senior advisor of the president there for Mission Initiatives. Bud, what do you do at Old Mercy College? I'm the academic dean in the Office of Academic Affairs, thinking about all things academic. And we are underwritten by Mercy College of Health Sciences, mchs.edu. We want to thank them for underwriting the show. Uh, here we are in the middle of summer, but there are several ways that you can join in on the fun of getting a health science degree, mchs.edu, to look at what is on offer and to set up um, a tour of the campus uh, or get in touch with someone who might be able to answer your questions. Though I'm kind of a film geek, and one of my, um, not as much as you, but I dabble. One of my favorite genres is like medical films, like Patch Adams and uh, what's the one we used to show our students? Um, Oh, <laughs> I'm totally blanking. The doctor, William, the doctor. Yep. And so I watched those, but I could never actually enter the field. So grateful for all of our <laughs> students to take up the mantle, and I think find a great place to study uh, medicine at Mercy College of Health Sciences. I like that. If you can go to mchs.edu and see a world that Bo and Bud themselves could not enter, and you would not want them to. Uh, I mean. I don't know, maybe we'd have fun bedside manner, but probably not in such a way to actually help you conducively heal. I was a chaplain at a hospital for a year, so I have been in that orbit, but I've never actually physically healed someone. That's right. Like, <laughs> uh, you were in there, and they're like, quick, we need help. And you're like, I'll, I'm leaving now. Yeah. That's right. No, well, mchs.edu, thank you, Mercy College, for underwriting the show. So today uh, is a day with uh, big changes. Uh, you guys are probably used to listening to our show live with the hour format, we're switching to the 30-minute format with additional things that will be coming up um, as we uh, get everything molded to the new format. We will be having longer uh, podcast situations uh, afterwards, so we're not going to do that today, but when we have guests, we'll have the 30-minute on radio show, and then we'll be able to yap on on the podcast as much as we want, and that's where you can go get the bonus content and everything like that. But for today, the first stab at doing the new format where we do uh, the 30 minutes, but and I think our what we're talking about on the show today is uh, it's ordinary time, and a lot of people think of ordinary time as the dog days of summer, the dog days um, of the church, uh, but you know, so seasons change and things change as well, so I guess sometimes people go, well, you know, worried about things like changing show formats and stuff like this, um, but I think that might be precisely what quote-unquote ordinary time in the church is about. Yeah, I think today's episode, Bo, has the chance to be <clears throat> a little bit of a pep talk, because I know for myself, this time of year, things, like, time does seem to extend outwards. And I remember as a kid, like, when you hit July, you get past the 4th of July and that kind of, like, hard marker of time. And then after that, it feels like this summer's uh, going to last forever, and it, it comes up on you. I mean, the school year ends up coming up on you very quickly. But um, I think this is a time for us to step back and reflect and say, like, how do we not squander these days, but still sanctify them as, as Scripture calls us to? No, it's, it's interesting that liturgically, you're, I mean, you, you have that one nailed on the head because uh, you get done, of course, with everything with Easter, and then you have Pentecost, 
you get into Trinity Sunday and uh, Corpus Christi and things like this, but usually everything's pretty much finished by July 4th for Americans. Then after that, you're like, oh, it's just going to be hot for a long time. And then you wake up one day and, uh, yeah, you have to start getting back to school. And so I, I think that that's why, you know, in the rock songs, uh, everybody's like, I think the summer would last forever. And you get older and you're like, oh, man, the summer really going to last forever? That's a big air conditioning bill. Uh, so I, I think it's good to talk about how yeah. publicly we, we talk about the measurement of time. Um, but that, that's, I, I like you're saying, a, a bit of a pep talk to talk about um, this is precisely the time to make changes uh, that prepare us for the coming uh, when the liturgical season picks back up. Yeah, we tend to think of these things as very much set in stone, like they're almost the laws of the universe. But some of this is cultural where... As Americans, we think this is the time of year that you travel. And I, I know even talking to priests, that attendance at Mass kind of shifts. And, you know, hopefully Catholics, as they go out, as they take these trips, they're finding Masses close to where they're traveling. But it is, I mean, I think, and we can get into this in the next segment of the show, but even the language of ordinary time, I think there's a way where we can misunderstand that and it can kind of lull us into a sleep. And if there's anything that you see in the Gospels, it's... um you know, Christ commanding his disciples to stay alert and stay awake and that the coming of the Son of Man will come will be like a thief in the night. So I think as you point yeah. out, right, the words it means ordinal, so it's about like getting direction and time and I mean so it has everything to do with like a compass, right? And these are almost always the Sunday gospels are Jesus' teaching in parables. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is the time to uh reorient reorient ourselves uh in time and that maybe that's what people uh, misunderstand. Um, so yeah, so this is the Uncommon Good, Bob Bonner and Dr. Bud Mars. Stick around. We'll be back uh, right after this, and we'll be like I said, getting used to the new format with all of you as well. We'll be back right after this. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. St. Vincent de Paul's assists those living in poverty to become self-sufficient. Learn more at svdpsm.org or call 515-282-8327. This message brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO... You receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Iowa Catholic Radio is supported by our listeners and business underwriters. Join us today in welcoming a new underwriter, Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Des Moines, where exceptional service is a hallmark in caring for those with essential needs. Learn more at catholiccharitiesdm.org. You're invited to the Iowans for Life Summer Fundraising Dance Friday, July 23rd, starting at 6.30 under the Jasper Winery Open Air Tent. 2400 George Flag Parkway, Des Moines. Enjoy live music from the fabulous Rivieras, a dance contest, and live auction. Tickets and more information are available at iowansforlife.org. The Iowans for Life Summer Fundraising Dance, 
Friday night, July 23rd, starting at 6.30 at Jasper Winery. Learn more at iowansforlife.org. We're back with the Uncommon Good. Bo Bonner and Dr. Budmar coming to you from Des Moines, Iowa. Thank you for joining the show. It's good to have you back. So, Bud, we're talking about ordinary Mm -hmm. time and uh, how to make sure that it's not simply the dog days of summer, both liturgically uh, or civically or anything like that as well. Yeah, and for myself as um, someone who's been um, to the Latin Mass quite a bit, I think that this this season jumps out to me because in the older uh, form of the church's calendar, it's normally called the season after Pentecost. And so as you mark this time, it was really any Sunday that took place after Pentecost had been celebrated. Um, In the late 60s, there was a change in language. And like you were pointing out uh, at the end of the last segment, Bo, when we say ordinary, normally in in like common modern-day American parlance, we mean sort of like less than extraordinary. You know, like we talk about ordinary days, ordinary um, – an ordinary experience would be sort of like a day without any unusual surprises or anything. Ordinal in this case really is just like – ordinal refers to the numbering of something. So it's the counting of weeks. But realistically, I think that, I think that language of the season after Pentecost really captures – what we're living. I talked at the end of the last segment about remaining alert, and we live in the time, the apostolic age, where we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Biblical scholars say you could describe our experience today as the already and not yet. So Christ has come. He's gifted us his Holy Spirit. He's prayed for the coming of the kingdom. Now, obviously, in the world around us, we don't see the kingdom in its fullness, but our life should still be charged by that indwelling of the the Holy Spirit that we experience beginning at baptism. Yeah, I think that what happens? <clears throat> excuse me. If, if you're gonna, if you're gonna look at the liturgy at this point of the year and go, man, Jesus is boring because it's ordinary. That this betrays a much more basic individualism that actually even approaches the church as if you're supposed to be entertained. Now, I'm not saying you, you know, like what the Latin Mass, what your people who, you know, what are you talking about? But we're not trying to like hype it up or make it you know sound savvy or you know the Hank Hill problem. You're not making. Uh, Christian rock, or you know, like that whole uh, argument that they make. The idea that I'm saying is we can even make holiness about our entertainment, or at least our provocation. So when we get to this part of the year where you're like, well, where's all the feasts? Um, you can start to see where that betrays this idea, like, well, I'm only being a part of the church because of how it makes me feel. So when we get to summer. Um, I'm just going to check out because I don't have uh, Christmas to look forward to. I don't have the joys of Easter. I don't have uh, the effort I need to expend on Lent. Um, so I'm going to check out. And yeah. what you're pointing out, right, about this, no, the time after Pentecost is supposed to be the time when you're the church. And when it comes to the instruction of the Mass, this is the time of year where Jesus is letting us know this is what it means to be people formed um, in the faith. And so I think that talks about the problems with things like civic engagement as well. Um, you know, I even think this is an analog where we have Fourth of July and we're all like, yippee, we're part of uh, this nation. And then after that, it's what individual pursuits are you going to do because it's summer? Uh, maybe the days seem to lag, not just because of the heat, bud, but because of this sort of individualism that sort of wraps us in a cocoon of only self-concern. And that might seem like the dog days. or That's where it comes from. Yeah, and when we talk about some of these differences, like the way things have changed over time, I always want to be careful about not pitting 
one age of the church against another, like this was the golden age, and now we've got it, got it all wrong. So that's certainly not what I'm saying at all. But it is interesting, Bo, to look back at different stages of church history and to see certain emphases. And so, like, even at, even in the church's art, you can see, like, these eras that were characterized by a real intense focus on certain kinds of spirituality. For instance, with the Middle Ages, I think with the Middle Ages, it was because somewhat, like, the brevity of life, like the experience of the plague and things like that, there really did develop a very strong focus on the crucified Lord. Uh, you know, so much of the art of the Middle Ages um, has Christ crucified as the centerpiece, when you go back to the earliest depictions of Jesus, like in the catacombs and things, you see more depictions of him as a teacher. And I think I think even that sort of perspective in line with what we've already been talking about brings to light another important truth, and that is that our Lord's life is not insignificant. Like, his work on the cross was the culmination of the revelation that he came to give us and the culmination of his love and his self-sacrifice. But we also have to keep in mind the entirety of his existence. And I bring that up because during ordinary time, during the season of Pentecost, we really do in many ways in the lectionary walk through the Gospels. And it's Jesus' everyday interactions with, with the sick, with the demon-possessed, you know, confronting the principalities and powers that, show, like, that give us uh, an image, an icon of what human existence is supposed to look like. Yeah, I think we've lost uh, a sort of understanding that Sermons or, or homilies, whatever you want to call them, are primarily about instruction. Um, I don't know if it's completely by taking on sort of overtures from how Protestants have understood what sermons and preaching are supposed to be, but catechetical instructions is sort of the, the basic idea. We're to be instructed in the faith to show the way that we're supposed to do these things. And you can make those, of course, very riveting in, in things like this, but um, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like, the instructions of Jesus are prominent in the liturgy at this time, and it's sort of troubling that we're like, oh, the boring time of year. <laughs> um, I, I Look, uh, to steal from uh, I was Father Stuart Krevkor, who baptized my daughter Stella. We were back in Oklahoma. He's a priest at St. Bridget's in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, if you ever go there. And he gave uh, a wonderful homily on the reading this Sunday, because this is, of course, where Jesus is back um, with his family, and his friends, his hometown of Nazareth, and they're all like, really, this guy, he's going to be the son of God and do stuff. And it goes to the, the effect that Jesus didn't do very many miracles in his own hometown because of the lack of faith. And uh, Father Stewart made this great point. He's like, really, isn't that us, right? We get so familiar with Jesus that we really don't believe he can change lives or show grace or transform my heart. This is the season where we do that so so often, Bud. Right? Is yeah. we 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 end up acting like the people of Nazareth, who are so familiar with Jesus. There's no way that really he's the Son of God and he can heal us and send out demons. No, this is the time to show that we're like the Samaritan woman or these figures that aren't supposed to get it but do. Yeah, it comes back a lot to Jesus preaching of the kingdom, and when we think about his death and resurrection, so often we think that. It's really preparing us for death, and it, and, and it is, but we also have to pick up on the New Testament language that Jesus' coming, that the incarnation of the Son of God, really was also a kind of, of battle. And, you know, when our Lord first arrives on the scene, uh, St. John the Baptist says, repent and believe the good news, the kingdom of God is at hand. So the kingdom of God is already among you. When we taught together at Mercy College, I would say that when Jesus first arrives on the scene, he's like establishing a beachhead. And already demons are exercised, the blind see, 
uh, captives are set free. And so, uh, again, each stage of the gospel is so significant, and we can't really, like, pick out one part and say, like, this captures the whole. We have to try to encounter our Lord in every facet of his incarnation. Yeah, I think about this in terms of, I mean, you know, there's scandals happening in the church left and right, and people go, oh, I thought you guys believed in the sacraments and that they're efficacious and things like this. But the war the war thing, but I think, is important. Um, America's been at war for 20 years, and most of us, unless we have family members or friends who went to war, it's it's it, nothing's changed because of how we've not joined the war effort back home. Um, I think that's the same thing with the church, is you can't say, like, I've not seen grace operative when you don't really act like a war is going on. And I think that that's what we have to learn. That is the sort of risk of this time of year. Are you going to believe that way, or are you not? Well, we're getting ready to come up on a break. I uh, just wanted to make sure to say that listener-supported Iowa Catholic Radio has your opportunity to win a pair of VIP passes to the Lori Morgan concert July 15th at Horizon Event Center with the Iowa Catholic Radio Foundation. Text Lori to 515-223-1150 for your chance to win the VIP passes. Text L-O-R-R-I-E to 515-223-1150 for your chance to win. Learn more about tickets at CelebrateCountry.org. Good luck with listener-supported Iowa Catholic Radio. You can also check other things going on with Iowa Catholic Radio through our social media. You can become friends on Iowa Catholic Radio uh, on Facebook. You can follow our tweets at at IA Catholic Radio. You can also download the Iowa Catholic Radio app in anywhere that you have data. You can listen live, listen to pre-recorded music, uh, donate, things of that nature. And then, of course, you can always go back to the website, iowacatholicradio.com, listen live, donate, and join our newsletters. This is The Uncommon Good, and we'll be back right after this. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Savage Power. Each year, churches, schools, and organizations partner with Intervisions in hosting a baby bottle campaign, an opportunity to spread the word about their life-affirming mission of empowering women and saving babies. Are you interested in helping out? An Intervision staffer can help you launch one today. Since their conception, the nursing staff has served thousands of women with unplanned pregnancies. To schedule your baby bottle campaign, call 515-440-2273 or visit ivhcare.org. Hi, this is Joe Stopulus. Thank you to construction professionals for underwriting Man Up. Monday mornings at 9 on Iowa Catholic Radio. Construction professionals, a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com The Man Up West Power Lunch is back Friday, July 9th at noon, St. Francis of Assisi Parish in West Des Moines. Register at iowacatholicradio.com slash events and be part of the Man Up West Power Lunch Friday, July 9th at noon with Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, a Catholic-owned family business providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. There are millions of children that go hungry every day. Thank you to Skeffington's Formalware for supporting Mary's Meals. Their vision is that every child in the world should be able to receive at least one good meal every day in a place of education. Mary'sMealsUSA.org. Thanks to Blessman International for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Every year, Blessman International leads teams of Central Iowans to share the compassionate heart of Christ with orphans and vulnerable children in South Africa. You can learn more and sign up for a trip at blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Ashworth Vision Clinic, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365 on Iowa Catholic Radio. Ashworth Vision Clinic online at ashworthvision.com. 
Ashworth Vision Clinic, 515-440-4610. Back with the Uncommon Good, Bo Bonner and Dr. Budmar joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the show. So just uh, one more time to point out to everyone, we're switching to the 30-minute format. So if not all of the uh, send-offs are as crisp as uh, they have always been, uh, you kind of have to practice on-air live, bud, when you're doing changes. So thank you for listening to the show and uh, continuing to support Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, But finishing out this uh, episode talking about the dog days of summer, not being the dog days of summer, but that ordinary time is a time to get our compass and get our direction. Um, You know, what we've been trying to get at is the sort of public nature of the liturgy, uh, if we have that in mind, maybe we'll avoid some of the ways in which this might be a quote-unquote boring time of year uh, if we get too subsumed in an individual take on it. Yeah, if you're listening today and you say like, well, these are great insights, how do I sort of run with this this conversation? I think, Bo, even changing the way sometimes that we talk can help. So, You know, traditionally, Catholics would often talk about the church on earth as the church militant, and that kind of reminds us that we are engaged in spiritual warfare. You could surprise your friends at a cocktail party and say, like, well, it's great to be living through the season after Pentecost, you know, and then explain (laughs) ordinary time and how that all works. But, you know, I think there was a conversation at the Second Vatican Council that it, it could be misunderstood, but basically the council fathers were kind of emphasizing that, you know, the ordinary work of priests, like what they've been called to do is to celebrate the sacraments, to, to, to preach, to, of course, um, confect the Eucharist, to hear confessions, etc. And that the lay faithful, the rest of the body of Christ, were called out into the world. Now, th- like I was saying, there's a certain sense where we're all called out into the world, but there are these kind of, we could almost talk about spheres. And I bring that up, though, because... Uh, you know, like we, we get our life from the sacraments and that's where we're sort of like electrified and then sent out into the world. And then as we go out and we're called to our station in life, I think it can be helpful to say like, there's no part of this that is truly ordinary. If by ordinary, I mean unimportant, we are called to transmit God's life to others and to convey his love and his mercy. And as the saints have showed us, we can do that in all sorts of ways. And so Maybe there is a certain drudgery at your workplace now, or maybe, you know, like when you got out of bed this morning, you didn't feel called to be like a heroic father, whatever it happens to be. But when we see each moment as an opportunity for grace, at the very least to baptize our experiences with prayer, I think that changes the way that we see the world, whether it's the dog days of summer or, you know, the doldrums of winter. I do think it's weird that ordinary does a lot of lifting uh, in English, because on one hand, People are always about, oh, um, sanctifying the ordinary or the, the blessedness of an ordinary life. But then we can turn around and go like, oh, they're ordinary. It means they're plain. Um, and again, I, I go back to harping on the fact that I think people, they're thinking about it in terms of like, well, what would they choose to do? Would you choose, you know, and you, you think about, you see these sort of uh, uh test you can take on like facebook would you rather take a long uh ordinary life with you know few worries or would you rather be anxious in a short life but it had a lot of excitement but that goes back to this idea of preference as if preference is the actual moral choice above all others when it comes to what life brings you and maybe this is what we're hoping for and talking about the liturgy as a sort of public reality 
is um, to to divorce that idea that your life is exactly what you choose to make it. And that, on one hand, that's a lot of pressure to put on you. Um, and you think about when we tell kids at 18, like, where are you going to go to college and what are you going to be? There's some ways in which uh, the a, a, a not a, a kind of smart aleck kid would go. Well, that's yet to be determined. Um, but maybe the liturgy would do uh, help us to be honest about that in our faith life as well, especially in this time after Pentecost. Yeah, and just as like prayer resources for this sort of thing, I've found the litany of humility really helpful in this regard. But also, um, there's a prayer. I don't know if there's a title for it, but a way to like sanctify your day. Uh, morning offering, mm-hmm. where you wake up and you offer all of your joys, all of your trials. Basically, whatever divine providence brings your way that day, you say, I'm going to unite it with um, the suffering of our Lord on the cross and the prayers of his blessed mother at the foot of the cross. And for me, that's really kind of like transformed the way that I approach each day. Yeah, I mean, I think that's in the end the, the great Christian paradox is to really only be in the moment and not have intermediate desires, but to have an eternal longing to be uh, with Jesus Christ. So in some ways, it's the absolute simplicity of the now uh, with the absolute trust uh, that the future and eternity is held in the hands of God. And look, that's just going to be one of the confusing things in some ways that you have to wrestle with uh, for your life. But this time after Pentecost, the so-called ordinary time, is the practice and the habituation of doing that, the already not yet in your life being, living in the present, but open to eternity with hope in the future. And hopefully that's what this liturgical season uh, is not just uh, fighting off boredom, but living that in its truest forms. Well, this is the uncommon good. May Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, reign in our hearts, our family, our city, and our state, our nation, the whole galaxy and kitten caboodle. This is the uncommon good. We'll be back next week. Bud... Uh, how are pe- ways that people can join us in our prayer life here at Iowa Catholic Radio? Uh, please join us in our daily prayer opportunities. We pray the rosary on air daily at 5.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. The Angelus is on air at 6 in the morning. Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 in the afternoon. And the rosary is available anytime on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Yep, and if you want to do things with Iowa Catholic Radio in and around the Des Moines area, easy to do so. The Man Up Power Lunch is back Friday, July 9th at noon, St. Francis of Assisi Parish in West Des Moines. The Iowa Catholic Radio Foundation welcomes country artist Lori Morgan to the Horizon Event Center July 15th with Jess Keith Whitley and Eli Alger. Learn more about that. Reserving a table at CelebrateCountry.org. And like we talked about, you can text Lori, L-O-R-R-I-E, uh, 2-515-223-1150 for a chance to win tickets. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Casting Crowns and Jordan Felice to Iowa State Fair Grandstand Thursday, August 12th at 8 p.m. Learn more at iowastatefair.org. Iowa Catholic Radio also welcomes We the Kingdom to Iowa State Fair on the Ann and Bill Riley stage Sunday, August 22nd at 8 p.m. You can learn also about current job op- openings here at Iowa Catholic Radio, programming assistant and producer, and mission advancement associate, all things that would meet, come with uh, the added benefit of working with the delightful people here at Iowa Catholic Radio. But as we always say, uh, this ministry is not just the people behind the mics or the boards or the desks. It's definitively you as well making this possible with your prayers, your uh, volunteer, but also your material donations. You can donate at iowacatholicradio.com, 515-223-1150, and thank you for our donations and making that happen. Well, bud... Uh, we'll, we made it through and, uh, I think we'll be smoother next time. All right.
See y'all next week. Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr is heard every week on wonderful Catholic stations like this one and anytime on podcast. Just search for The Uncommon Good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and The Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences. Learn more at mchs.edu.